yes, yes. Welcome to the launch of Always Strive Higher and the premiere episode of Money Making Markets. Thank you guys for joining us. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the channel. I'm glad you guys are coming in and viewing the episode today and, you know, the premiere and launch of the show. I can't thank you guys enough for taking the opportunity, giving me the chance to help and provide you guys with tons of information, tons of content um, over the course of the future. I'm glad for you that you guys are giving me the chance, taking time out of your day to see what this channel is all about, see who I am and you know what I could help you guys with in the future. Thank you guys again for tuning in. Um, I think it's only right if I give you guys a little short introduction about myself and you know I'll go on and on about why I decided to start the channel, start start the Money Making Markets uh, weekly recap show and you know I'll go on and on and go into you know the specific details but a little introduction about myself. My name is Ashmir Savant. I'm 23 years old, born and raised in New York, specifically the 845 um, Rockland County. Shout out to the 845. Um, you know, growing up, almost like every kid, you know, you want to be an athlete. You want to be, you know, a rapper, a musician, uh, an actor. So, you know, you want to, you know, really aspire and chase your dreams to, you know, fullest to the max you just want to chase your dreams but you know obviously there's only a small percentage of people that are able to you know you know reach those heights and you know are naturally you know talented to make it into those careers so clearly you know it didn't work out for the kid you know i wish i could be you know scoring 50 points in a game catching touchdowns in the field scoring goals like messi but you know hitting home runs like bryce harper or whatever but you know, they, they, it didn't work out for me like that, like that way. I should have said Aaron Judge, go Yankees. I don't know why I said Bryce Harper, go Yankees, the judge. But um, yeah, I wish, but you know, that, I guess that wasn't the route, you know, that was, you know, self, that's, that was set up for me. So, you know, I had to turn to the books, I had to turn to school. My parents, uh, immigrants from Haiti, they always stressed the importance of um, education, um, taking your studies seriously, really, um, you know, focusing in on your future and your career and, you know, just trying to, you know, smart yourself and gain as much knowledge as possible. So growing up, I, I was, school was, you know, pretty much all I knew, basically, you know, um, there was no choice for me, but not to, you know, take my studies seriously and really try to excel and, you know, um, you know, dominate, you know, my courses and, getting the best grades possible. There's no if, ands, and buts, you know. School came first in my household, and you know, I thank my parents for that because, you know, that really helped me. It really helped, you know, define my work ethic and who I am today, you know. I'm always striving to, you know, just learn more. It doesn't matter what field it is, what career path, it, it, it didn't really matter. I was just trying to obtain as much knowledge as possible. Um, and, you know, going through daily lives, going through daily life uh, every single day growing up and even today. So I want to thank my parents for that very much, you know, instilling uh, the importance of education in me and, you know, helped me get to where I am today. But, you know, um, so along with, you know, going through, you know, middle school and high school, um, you know, taking these different courses, beginning to, you know, become interested in certain fields and certain uh, career paths. 
um, that's just what happens when, you know, you're growing older and you learn more and more about the world, you know. Uh, you just start to become interested in certain paths, certain careers. Um, and with me, it was, you know, it became the business world. The business world, you know, finance, entrepreneurship, investing. I found all of that to just be very, very interesting. Um, you know, you see all the shows that, you know, portray, you know, the financial um, business, you know, world, you know, the acumen that these, you know, the, you know, that exist in the business world. And, you know, I just always found that interesting, um, you know, different, you know, career paths within, you know, the business world. It was just always interesting to me. So um, that's really, you know, what I really felt in love with. Um, and then, you know, as you move progressing through high school, um, especially your junior and senior year, that's when, you know, the reality of college really starts to pick up and really starts to, um, you know, become reality. You know, you have school counselors, you have your parents, you know, um, your family, your friends, you know, college just gets pushed into the forefront of, you know, your brain. Like, you got to start you know, preparing for that. And, you know, there's really no way um, you can miss it. So, you know, as that conversation is, you know, picking up, you know, junior and senior year, oh, what schools are you trying to apply to? Um, where are you gonna go to college? What majors are you looking, you know, to um, settle into and choose um, for the next four years plus of your life? You don't realize how important or how major of a of that these decisions that you make regarding the school you want to go to, the, the program you want to get into, the major that you want to study, these decisions will, you know, impact your future gravely. And um, choosing, just choosing your major in the program that you want to get into, you kind of don't realize at, you know, 17 and 18 that you're going to get locked, for the most part, into um, certain you know, careers that will be made available to you based on um, the major that you choose. So um, I feel like in our school culture, even though it is made aware to us, at 17 or 18, really choosing, you know, for some for some kids, especially for me, you don't, you, you may think you know what you want to do, but do you really know what you want to do at 17 or 18 years old? Not really. And if you're kind of just going through the process, you know, going with the motions, you know, a year, two years into college, and you're, you begin to realize that, oh, like, these are really going to be, you know, my career options. Uh, you may not really that might it really your your interest may change you you may have not really known what you wanted to choose but for me it was you know within you know business finance um economics so as i was i knew it was just going to be something within that realm and i ended up becoming an economics major um because i just i took a couple courses throughout high school my junior senior year and I realized that, you know, I was just interested in how the economy worked, just interested in how the markets work and how everything just connects to each other and just the different theories. Um, I thought economics would just give me a, a broad understanding of how the markets work, how 
the economy works, how you know the government and these companies factor all into that, um, as well as you know having a plethora of career choices that would be available to me upon graduating um, after my four years of school. So I did end up becoming an economics major, um, and later in my sophomore year, I picked up uh, business analytics. Um, as well, added that to my coursework because it would just give me a little more spe more specifics regarding, you know, some financial theories, um, statistic theories. So I thought, you know, economics and business analytics would, you know, just mesh really well together. And it really did um, help, you know, come out for me. So um, the school I decided to choose, I didn't want to go far away for school. You know, choosing, you know, your college, your university that you want to attend to. It's a pretty, there's a lot of factors that you have to take into account. Um, but for me, I want to stay in New York. In New York, we have a bunch of great schools. We have the SUNY system, the CUNY system. The, you know, we have a bunch of private schools, even though, you know, they're very expensive. But I guess even pub the public schools are expensive. Um, so I was really not trying to go too far. I wanted to stay in New York. Um, and I ended up ch choosing a private school, St. John's University um, out of Jamaica. Shout out to all my Johnnies tuning into this video. I, um, you know, we had a great four years. Um, but yeah, shout out to the Johnnies. Um, it was a great experience. I chose St. John's because of being close, the proximity of being close to the city is something that was just intriguing. As along with just New York really being the capital, the greatest city in the world, New York City, um, just having the the access. New York City was basically our playground, and it's still my playground. Um, just you know, the food, the the amount of food, the amount um, of you know just leisure activities available. You know, the, the culture, the atmosphere, just motivates you. Just Every single day you wake up and then you just step into this atmosphere of just the city that never sleeps. Everything it just constantly keeps moving. So um, New York City is just, it's, it's that city. So um, having access to, you know, all these opportunities that I knew that would be available, um, jobs that would be available, you know, the connections I would be able to make, the people I would be able to meet. Diversity is huge in New York City. You meet people from, uh, you know, all different types of backgrounds and, uh, you know, cultures, all from all over the world. So just, you know, that diversity, the opportunities, um, it was it just it was it for me. And, you know, St. John's is, you know, well-respected, has a bunch of, um, you know, connections that, you know, are made available to the students um, and, you know, visited the campus and you know it was just it was just it for me and it was you know just the right decision made it was the right decision met a lot of great people made a lot of, you know great friendships connections that still still to this day are going very strong so um but yeah that was a little bit about myself um up to and through college basically um and then Sophomore year, first semester is going great. This is, you know, end of 2019. 
And then as we're getting ready um, for the second semester, for spring semester, and so this is into 2020, and I guess you guys could, you know, figure out what 2020, the year that was 2020, COVID happened. And COVID really, it was obviously terrible, you know. Many lives were, you know, lost, you know, the implications of, you know, COVID and the pandemic still are very significant. Till this day, we're still feeling the, the, um, the effects and impacts of COVID and we will probably continue to um, feel the impact of COVID. So um, it was, you know, something that no one saw coming, nobody saw coming. But um, obviously, you know, I'm in school and many of you were in school during, you know, 2020. Um, and when we got placed, once we got the virus started spreading, you know, schools obviously shut down, um, businesses shut down, and we all got, you know, put placed in lockdown. It was basically, you know, for me personally, and for a lot of people, it was basically a pause to life. You know, as you go through life every single day, it's, you know, we all have, you know, responsibilities and obligations, and you kind of don't realize how fast-paced everything is, especially if when you're a college student and you're, excuse me, and you're in New York City. Everything is fast-paced. New York is just fast-paced in general. <laughs> I mean, that's just us, city that never sleeps. Like, we're just fast-paced in general, everything. But when you get sent, you know, back home, especially me, you know, I'm in the suburbs, um, so everything is, you know, a lot more quieter. And being in lockdown, you just get a moment to like really just think and just like everything slows down and you really get to like think about where you, I got to think about where I was in life, um, you know, my career trajectory, what I was doing to achieve my goals. You know, you really just get to thinking and that's really all you could do. You could just think and evaluate where you are in life both, you know, from any aspect, you know, whether it's school, relationships with friends and family. It was just a, I, I used that time, and many like you too, you use that time to just reflect. And as I was reflecting on, you know, where I was in terms of, you know, school and, you know, eventually being able to, you know, land, you know, into a career that, would, that I found interesting and would really be able to, you know, pro to propel me into the future and I could just build and build upon. I realized that, yes, I was, you know, obviously taking classes, you know, while working here and there, but I wasn't really putting in my all. It was a little bit too much talk and just, you know, setting goals, but in terms of really going full force and really trying to really just take and grasp your goals and really just put your best foot forward, I wasn't really doing that. I wasn't really, I wasn't really working hard enough. It's just, you know, the truth. So I used that time, I used lockdown, those, you know, 
from basically March till June, um, those um, four months. And I used that time to just learn, to obtain as much knowledge as I, as I could. I listened to countless different podcasts and, you know, read different, you know, a variety of different books, you know, relating to just, you know, mindset, um, staying disciplined. Um, and then within, you know, since I'm, you know, in business, economics, finance, you know, business world, you know, listening to just different podcasts and um, doing research regarding, you know, those industries so I could, you know, really gain, you know, the knowledge and, you know, see the different paths that people took and the, you know, the, the how they got to here and how they got there and um, just a plethora of, you know, you know, paths and decisions that you can make to, you know, end up at, you know, um, where you want to in life, you know, really being able to land that dream job, land that, you know, that great job, um, being able to start your own business um, or, you know, begin that, you know, that side hustle or begin that hobby or that you that you always wanted to um, just be, just using that time, that lockdown period really just helped me, you know, be like, OK, like I, I like it's go time. Like when lockdown is over, like it's it's go time. Like, you know, you know, you got to really start putting action into, you know, what you're, you know, what you're trying to you know achieve. So um, during that time, I obtained my real estate license. Um, I decided real estate, I always had an interest in real estate. Um, I think it's just a great way to, um, you know, build your wealth. So I was like, all right, I don't really have too many connections in the real estate field. I gotta start somewhere. So I was like, all right, let me take this time and let me, you know, obtain my real estate license. So um, pretty, you know, it's not the difficult process at all. Like, I think it took me like maybe one to two months to, you know, complete, you know, the 75 hour course. And then I think there's like another 15 hour course. Then, you know, there's like, I think a total of two to three tests that you have to pass. Um, so it's not a simple, for anyone who's thinking about, you know, getting their real estate license, um, it's a good place to start. So um, I got my real estate license, you know, we get we hop out of lockdown and, you know, passed all my tests. Um, I found a brokerage um, that was great and, you know, was perfect for me. And then I got to work. Now, what was great about the lockdown is that so many people left New York City. And I said, great, I'm going to get to the point. I'm going to get to the point. Bear with me. So many people left the city. So once we, quote unquote, hopped out of the lockdown, um, I think it was like probably sometime in June or maybe early July. Um, everyone was trying to move back to the city. Everyone was trying to move back to the city because either for work or the upcoming school year. Because, um, you know, for, especially for school, it was going to be basically 50-50, like half in person, um, half online by the time, you know, the 2021 school year came. But... um yeah, there was just demand for to move back to the city was just increasing and increasing. And at that time around the city, 
they were offering a bunch of COVID friendly deals. So, you know, the management companies and, you know, and brokers, they realized that, you know, to build back, you know, demand, they're going to have to, you know, slash rent prices a little bit, you know, offer, you know, deals where they're, you know, it's one month free or removing the, the one month broker's fee, um, you know, again, bringing down rent prices that will, you know, attract people to come back. Um, that will attract people to come back to the city. And so with, you know, all those COVID friendly deals that were made available to our um, us real estate agents during that time, we were able to take uh, full advantage of that. And especially, well, personally for myself, I was able to just rack up deals like one after the, another, like you ask people who were around me at that time, like I was just eat, breathe, sleep, real estate. Like wake up, go view apartments, you know, pictures, put them up on sites. And then you'd get, you know, a lot of people, you know, hitting you up um, back then because everyone was trying to move back to the city and, you know, secure those prices for for a year. Some of them were, um, some of those apartments um, were, you know, rent stabilized. So you could lock down into a great price. Um, you could lock down to a really great price and they wouldn't be able to, um, your landlord wouldn't be able to, or the management company wouldn't be able to raise um, your rent price for, um, you know, certain specific, uh, certain period amount of time, probably like, you know, somewhere one year, two years, three years, you know, or the whole lease until you leave. But um, it was just a great time to be a real estate agent. And I got lucky coming into that period. Um, it was just great for me. So over that time as a real estate agent, I was just basically able to explore the city, become more accustomed with different parts of the city, made a, you know, make a lot of great connections within the real estate industry. Um, obviously learn, gain a lot of information, learn how the market works, um, you know, best practices, you know, you pay really gain, you know, your sales skills, you know, you become more, in, um, you know, more uh, comfortable just speaking to a variety of different people and um, really learning how to close deals. It was just a great decision because I was able to obtain um, a bunch of great skills. So, um, and I'm doing that during school too. I was doing that during school while studying. So um, you could do both for you know, anyone out there thinking you could do both. So I was doing real estate um, all the way through, all throughout my junior year of um, college. My senior year of college or upcoming into my senior year of college was when I decided that, all right, it's time for me, like I, I'm, being a real estate agent is cool, um, you know, meeting a lot of great people, make, being able to, you know, make some make some uh, money. Um, it's commission based. So what you put in is what you get out. Um, but, you know, it's, you know, trends and flows in real estate. You know, you have high periods and then you have down periods, you know, it comes up and down. Um, but for me, I, you know, at the end of the day, you know, I realized that you know, I did come to school, like my parents are spending money, you know, I'm, I'm, I really came here, you know, to, you know, secure a really good job within, you know, just the finance industry, um, you know, the business industries, you know, those, those worlds. So that was really, you know, still my main focus. So my senior year, I really, you know, just, you know, dedicated myself to really just 
learning so much about those, um, so much even more about those industries, you know, constantly just, you know, you know, picking up internships, um, you know, tailoring my resume um, to make it the best as possible, you know, working on setting up my LinkedIn, um, trying to gain, you know, and just as much experience as possible within those fields and just trying to become as knowledgeable as possible. And, you know, gratefully, you know, while I'm going through the process of interviewing and, um, you know, just learning what, you know, um, you know, the heads of these companies like to ask, you know, the recruiters what they like to ask and, you know, just becoming more accustomed to the process and, you know, just learning, you know, the questions and what I really need to know going into these interviews, um, you know, I was able to land a, you know, a really good job within, you know, you know, the stock consultation, um, the stock market world. Um, you know, it was a lot of work that was put into that, but, you know, it all worked out in the end. Um, you know, just every single day, you know, just, you know, reading the newspapers and listening to different podcasts and, you know, experts and analysts and asking around, you know, taking advantage of, um, taking advantage of the resources I had at my school. I was just able to put all those things together my senior year while, you know, obviously working hard in my other endeavors. And I was able to land, you know, that, you know, that job uh, within, you know, it's like stock consultation and, you know, don't want to go too much into that. I don't want to, you know, get the alphabet boys, you know, on me. I can't really say too much, I uh, know, but, you know, alphabet boys are the SEC, Securities Exchange Commission. You know, they just, you know, you can't really give too much detail about all of that. You know, it's confidential information, but, um, you know, it just goes to show that I say all this to show that if you really just hunker down and, you know, become dedicated to achieving achieving what you want for yourself, it is possible. You just have to know that you're going to have to put in the work, going to have to make the sacrifices. You're going to have to learn as much as possible. Become an expert in your field. Become an expert. No, no, try to get, try to know everything. You have, like, try to learn everything. Try to ask people around for what they think of this, what they think of that. You, that's how you become better. You become better by listening and really by just trying to better yourself every single day. Every single day is a battle to better yourself. And um, that was that was really, that was really what, you know, took me to the next level. Just the discipline and the, the, the will to just better myself, to want the best for myself. Um, is really what took it to the next level. Um, which leads to always strive higher. Money making markets. Like, you guys are probably wondering, you know, how did all of this come together? How did always, what, what, what made always strive higher? What is always strive higher? What is money making markets? Well, Always strive higher. Let me start with how I came up with the name. My name's Ashmere, but my friends and family call me Ash. So 
when I was thinking of, when I realized I wanted to start, you know, create a, pl uh, a, a platform, um, you know, YouTube channel, um, just, you know, podcast, whatever you want to call it. I was like, okay, I need something catchy. I need the name to be catchy. I need, to, I need it to be hot. I need to, I need, I need it to stick. And I was like, all right, let me try to work. People call me Ash. Let me see if I could, you know, make something that comes off like using my those using those three letters. Let me see if I could create something that you know will resonate. And as I'm thinking, I'm probably thinking for like ten to fifteen minutes. I was like, all right, just brainstorming, brainstorming. I was like, sorry. I was like, always. Always strive higher. And it just resonated with me because that's really one aspect of this channel. It's always striving higher every single day. Like it's 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 not only uh like it's something that you could live by, like always striving higher. Like that's like that's the motto, like always strive higher. Like, it doesn't matter what it is, your career, fitness, the relationships you build, the hobbies you pursue, that, that you pursue, that you pursue, doesn't matter. Always strive higher is just, it's built upon the, the intrinsic, just the intrinsic fact that within everything that you do you're going to give your best you're going to try to fulfill and maximize your abilities and your talents to the highest of degrees possible to obtain the highest levels of success possible always strive higher in everything that you do so that's that's really how that's really why the the name really just resonated with me um Obviously, you see the, you know, the dollar sign, you know, that just, you know, make it look good, you know, that's just one aspect, like, you could just, you know, chase the bag, you feel me? Chase the bag, um, you know, that's just one, you know, aspect of always striving higher, but it's not, you know, all of, it's not all about the money at all, like, always strive higher, it's, you know, everything you do in life, everything you do in life, so, um, that's the reason for the name, and then, with my the weekly show money making markets which is the recap of you know the market um the stock market you know the business world the latest news in the business world you know the financial world entrepreneurship and investing um i was like okay i kind of want to have a, a name separate for that show and i was like okay money making markets People love to make money, it'll catch on, and you know, it'll, it just, I, I just thought it was hot, you know, triple M's, <laughs> money making markets. So that was the decision for, or the thought process for the names. Um, but overall, the reason that I want to create this platform is to create more awareness regarding, you know, the topics and create more dialogue within you know these these topics you know business finance entrepreneurship and investing 
um, you want to make it, I want to make it, you know, more popular, more, make it more easy to have these conversations with friends and family. Like these conversations, like being able to have these conversations and, you know, being open to having these conversations with your friends and families could really change your lives. Like you begin to have these conversations and, you know, it really just, you know, all starts to come together the more and more that you talk about it. Like, personally, I want to make it, sim I want to simplify everything. I want to make it easier for you guys to understand initially. And then the more interested that you guys get into it, I'm not gonna force it on you. Like, if you, like, you're tuning in because you wanna learn about this stuff and you want to see how every, how, like, all these different, you know, avenues are connected it's really like people usually think that it's really difficult and you have to be the smartest person ever to you know know these things about you know business and finance and think you have to be you know they usually think it's just all oh, like you're really like number number crunching and um you know having to know all these different you know sophisticated terms and i'm not gonna lie like you do for uh, for um, for certain jobs. Like obviously, you have to know your stuff. But on a conversational um, level, when you're just you know, talking with friends and families, like you really do not need to deep dive and go that hardcore into knowing charts and different strategies and different terms. Like there's ways in which we could simplify this and make it easy. Like it's easier than um it's made out that it's easier to have these conversations without being you know a quote-unquote expert so um that's really one aspect of why i decided to do this i want to make you know conversations around you know like what i mentioned before business and finance i want to make it you know easier to have easier to understand um and you know just you know make it more popular to talk about these you know different topics so uh, that is what really why I decided to start the channel. Um, another aspect is I want to eventually release weekly interviews with successful people from, you know, any, any different field. It doesn't matter if you have a nine to five. It doesn't matter if you're a, a, bis, a business owner. It doesn't matter if, you know, you're an entrepreneur or you're, or you're just, you know, starting your, um, your endeavor or whatever whatever field you may be in whatever job you might have as long as you're successful it doesn't matter i want to talk to you i don't care what field it is what job it is if you're successful you're successful period like don't let nobody tell you like uh like don't like nobody try to like play you or like downplay what you do like if you're successful at something you're successful and i definitely want to talk to you because um i think it's just important that we I think it's important to show the world and show, you know, future generations and people that there's more than one way to end up at the at a destination. There's more than one way to, you know, start that successful business or to obtain that um, perf that uh, dream job and land to that career that you want to. There's more than one way. There's so many different ways that people become successful. Common trace though is that they work hard though. 
they worked hard, they put in that time, the effort to learn. But there's so many different routes to end up at a destination. So I feel like if I'm able to have conversations with people from every different field, it will be beneficial to everybody because people will begin to see that, oh, I could do that. Oh, oh wow, I didn't even think that was, you know, that 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 um business or that um type of job existed. Oh, I didn't know I could, you know, do this and that and potentially land a career at, you know, or a job at this at, at this place. I said, like, "Oh, okay, okay." And, you know, that just creates more inspiration for people that, "Oh, okay. Like there there's just more ways to do this. There's, you know, there's it just gives people more hope." So, um I definitely want to just have interviews with people from, you know, plethora of different, you know, fields and, you know, really just get to pick their brain and share with you and they could share you to share with you guys, you know, their journey and, um, you know, how they obtained their success. So, um, and how they were always, they were, they were able to always strive higher. Um, so. Again, I wanted to just inspire people and, you know, show people that, you know, it is possible. Um, but with that being said, I hope I was able to give you guys a solid, um, a solid background of, you know, who I am, um, a little bit about my journey, um, why I want to start, you know, this platform and, you know, hopefully you know, you guys will be able to stick with me throughout, you know, the journey. And, you know, we could really build this into a community. I want this to be a community where we're having constant dialogue. I'm going back and forth. You guys are even um, teaching me about certain things I didn't know. Obviously, I obviously don't know everything. That's why, you know, I want to create that community where we could just have, you know, dialogue and just not be judged and really just, you know, try to learn. So, um, I'm, I'm happy that you that for those of you that tuned in, um, I really appreciate it because we're really gonna, you know, level and level this and take this to a different level. So, but with that being said, um, it is money making markets time. Like <laughs> I didn't just come here to give you guys, you know, an introduction about myself. Um, we, you know, it's time to talk about you know what's been going on in you know the markets and just the business the business world general um again each week i'm going to drop an episode on monday at 7 p.m um and we're gonna you know i'm just gonna go over with you guys you know some of the latest stories in the stock market uh, that's been you know that the performance um as well as you know just a bunch of different interesting stories um within you know the finance world you know entrepreneurship uh, entertainment sports we'll touch into all of that too you know, the business aspects. So with that being said, let's get it going. Money making markets. You <laughs> I guess this is the first time you guys are seeing the logo. Um, money making markets, you know, take a good look at it. You know, every Monday, every Monday, money making markets, every Monday, 7 p.m. So a quick little disclaimer. The content provided is for educational and inform informational purposes only and should not be construed as professional financial advice. The information provided is not intended to be a substitute for professional financial advice. Always seek the advice of your qualified financial professional 
with any question you may have regarding your personal financial situation. So again, like do your own research. Obviously I'm providing you guys with great information, but if you want to, you know, invest into the stock market or do any type of investment, make sure to do your own research as well at the end of the day and, you know, consult, you know, a financial professional as well if you're able to. So. Stocks rise as investors parse bank earnings. So the market closed another winning week. The first two weeks of the year have been gains. It's been a bullish market. Um, the three major stock indexes opened lower, but steadily gained throughout the trading session. Throughout Friday's trading session, the S&P 500 rose 15.92 points or 0.04%. The Nasdaq Composite was up 78.5 points or 0.7%. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average added 112.64 points or 0.3%. All three indexes finished the week with gains of at least 2%. So the S&P 500, again, is just, it's a index of, you know, the 500 largest companies, you know, in terms of, you know, volume and, you know, um, and whatnot. The NASDAQ composite is, you know, a tech is mostly com um, com compiled of tech companies. Um, so they were up 78.05 points this week. And the Dow Jones Industrial Average, when we're talking about the Dow Jones, we're usually talking about the Dow Jones, Dow Jones 30, which is the 30 largest companies in terms of, you know, volume and, you know, just um, you know, yeah, in terms of, you know, volume and trading. Um, so it was a positive week, another positive week of gains in the market. Um, obviously 2021 was a tough year for the market due to a lot of things. You know, we had the Russia, Ukrainian, Russia, Ukraine conflict and war, which did not do good for the market. Um, we had higher interest rates, we had high inflation, and when you put all those things together, it was just a terrible year. It was a terrible bearish year for the markets. Um, but so far in 2022, we are on the up and up, um, so far. Um, and you know, with interest rates coming down, which I will touch later, um, you know, with interest rates coming down, it should be a better start to this year in terms of um, investors pouring in money into the market and traders um, and, you know, co companies doing better as well. So we are um, starting off the year with, you know, two weeks of gains. So uh, good, good start to the year. Inflation is has slowed down for the sixth straight month. So the Monthly inflation um, report for December just came out. Um, we've slowed for the sixth straight month. Um, I remember, if you guys remember during 2022, around, I wanna say May or June, I know you guys remember how expensive gas and um, food and just a plethora of different, sorry, plethora of different um, sectors just everything was just becoming more expensive and expensive 
you know, gas was due to, you know, the Russia-Ukraine um, conflict and the war, you know, oil, you know, companies, that's where, you know, a lot of oil is stored, is, um, you know, produced. So that raised interest rates to, you know, record rates, to be honest. Like, I, I believe it was like the high, like when it peaked in July, um, it was at, you know, 9.1% or in June, like as it says, 9.1% in June. Um, when it peaked that high, like obviously it affected everyone, like consumer purchasing power. Like we all had less money to spend or obviously most of us, I don't wanna speak for everybody, but um, our purchasing power due to, you know, rising costs, you know, more money had to be spent on, you know, like groceries and gas and, um, whatever, you know, retail, like everything was just becoming more and more expensive. But, you know, with that, with inflation, inflation rising that high, the Fed, which, you know, is, you know, the central bank, they control interest rates. So to combat the high inflation rates, um, the Fed basically has been, the Federal Reserve has been raising interest rates to combat inflation. So, um, the Federal Reserve, I think their goal, Chairman Powell's goal is to get inflation back to 2%. And with that, they've been having to, you know, raise, aggressively raise interest rates, um, to, you know, combat inflation and bring it down. So currently inflation has been brought down to, you know, 6.5%, which is, um, better. That's measured by the consumer price index. Um, the core CPI, which excludes, which is a better measurement of where inflation really is at because it excludes um, food prices and volatile, volatile energy prices, such as gas, because those are the most volatile um, sectors. So that's at 5.7%, easing from 6% gain in November. Um, as I said, many economists see core CPI, which excludes food and energy as a better signal and assessment of where inflation really is at. So um, we're, we're, we're beginning, it's beginning to ease. So we're beginning, we're beginning to cool down. So um, the, Fed, the Fed has really, you know, been monitoring the inflation rate um, and they've been, you know, aggressively raising um, interest rates by um, three quarters of a point, point seven. Uh, 0.75 points um they've recently slowed it down to um half a point um i think like the past you know two months or or whatnot and with inflation coming down um i could see them bringing down um or slowing the rate at which they've been increasing interest rates to um about um a quarter of a point so 0.25 um that's what many analysts expect too. So, um, yeah, that's the inflation report. Bank earnings to put U.S. economy under microscope. Microscope. So, the biggest lenders last year are expected to post a twenty-eight billion twenty-eight billion dollars in fourth quarter profits. This is down from fifteen percent from a year earlier. Again, rising interest rates have slowed inflation from the highest level in decades and begun to cool the hot labor market. Um, banks have been setting aside money in recent quarters to cover potential losses on their loans. 
if the economy weakens, they may add more to their coffers in the final months of the year, which would weigh on earnings. So essentially, it was a tough year for banks. You know, there were less M&A deals, less, you know, M&A merger and acquisition deals. Um, you know, people were obviously not making as much money, not spending as much money to, you know, um, purchase homes, so mortgages were down, um, or the people applying for mortgages were down, which affects, you know, banks and their, their, their loans, you know, cars became more expensive. So, you know, less people were looking to buy cars and take out, you know, loans, which affects the banks and their business of the banks. So overall, um, since interest rates were rising, inflation was rising, it was just a tough year for banks and you know investors did not really um pour more as poor poor as much as they usually do into the markets and banks um due to the economy economy economies um circumstances and situation and standing from last year so um tough year for the banks as well tech industry so basically there have been a lot of layoffs recently, but the tech industry is one that has that has really been affected by, um, you know, less retail consumption of you know, less re retail consumption of you know their products. People are haven't been spending money as much at, on tech as they did during the pandemic, and you know, um, coming out the pandemic, you know. People were looking to upgrade, you know, their, um, their, you know, technology, you know, work from home became a real thing. So people were buying cameras, upgrading their laptops, their computers, their um, cameras, their TVs, you know, really just, you know, trying to improve the entertainment system. So tech industry really saw a boom during the pandemic. Um, however, with everything slowing down last year and companies not making as much in profits, um that affected their bottom line and when you when companies bottom lines are affected that will come down to the workers which leads to companies having to really homer in on their expenses and their costs and part of their expenses is payroll and if they're not making as much they're going to have to cut down on their payroll which is why Many companies such as, you know, Amazon, um, which saw recently 18,000 workers, 18,000 workers were let off or are about to be let off at Amazon, which is insane and just shows you how tough of a um, economic standing that we are in right now. 18,000 people are about to lose their jobs at Amazon. It's, it's crazy craziness um more than 1,000 tech companies have laid off over 150,000 employees since the beginning of last year like it's just a tough 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 time right now for um you know the tech industry it's just decreases in the tech heavy nasdaq composite index the growth ended last year when the index fell 33 percent the worst year since 2008, which was the last recession. 
33% is what the, the tech heavy um, NASDAQ composite, which is again, which I mentioned earlier, is compiled of tech companies, um, fell 33%. 33% a third. 33% worse year since 2008. So it just shows you the, the grave situation that the economy is in and that we're trying to avoid. We're really trying to. Some people, it depends on who you ask, some people will say we're in a recession, some people will say we're approaching a recession, some people will say we might narrowly avoid a recession. It's just to be to be determined, to be seen. Um, it just, again, based on how you ask, uh, many companies, corporate executives, um, C-suite executives, um, you know, these are the CEOs um, and analysts as well. They, I guess the common um, common notion among them is that we may slightly be in a recession already or about to approach a, approach a uh, recession, but um, it just depends on who you ask. But we're just not in a good economic standing right now. But that was the tech industry. Next story is FTX. It says it has located more than $5 billion in cash and liquid assets. So FTX is the cryptocurrency exchange the bankrupt cryptocurrency exchange that has been under heavy scrutiny for um misspending um their customers assets and cash um recently they said though they were able to you know again locate more than five billion dollars in cash and liquid assets um it's still to be determined how much more of the assets are missing and they're still trying to determine the claims the people the, the people who are obviously you know who have been filing claims to get their um their their money back like there's recoveries for some nine million customer accounts that have been identified so um they've the people who have taken over ftx there's, you know, it's just a, an unforeseen situation that has really hampered the ability and just the credibility of the cryptocurrency space. Um, it's just a crazy situation to that, you know, to even believe in, you know. Same Bankman Freed put more than $5 billion into other startup ventures as well. So they were just misspending their um, customers' assets um, they didn't keep reliable financial records and lacked normal corporate controls and just procedures under the past management. Like, that's just, it's just a lack of, a, a, a lack of credibility and just, it's just a sad situation all, all, all around. Like, it's really important when you're investing to really analyze um, the leadership of a company. Do you trust the leadership of a company? Do you, do, you, do you trust their vision? Do their past moves and the way they think, do they, do, do, do they align with you know, producing future profits and st stability? Do, do, think about that when you're investing into a company. Do they, do they align with just the future. FDX is a crazy situation.
So some of the top picks or stock picks for 2023 are Meta, Alphabet, and Uber, according to an analyst from Jefferies. They expect some of these large tech companies to outperform um, this year. Um, you see, you know, target prices for these companies. Uh, you know, these are just some of the top picks. Um, so if you need, if you're thinking about, you know, investing, um, you could look into those, some of those companies and see if, you know, um, you agree with what, you know, the analysts and, you know, their price targets, you know, $155 for Meta, $125 for Alphabet, um, and $38 to $50 for Uber. So you guys could see um, if, you know, those are some stocks you'd want to invest in. Um, you know, they are, you know, interesting, you know, techniques. So, um, again, um, I will probably leave a link in the bio to, um, you know, the PowerPoint. So I'll leave a link to the PowerPoint so you guys can access and really read, um, if you got really read through these PowerPoints, if you guys, um, would like to, so for your benefit, everything is for you guys. Microsoft's investment in ChatGPT could mean trouble for Google. So I think if you guys don't know, ChatGPT is a internet sensation software program that has that was created by the company OpenAI. Um, ChatGPT, you know, people have been fascinated with it. You know, it's you guys could look it up, but like essentially the software program is that you could ask it any question and it will speech it will you know give you you know for the most part a very solid to good answer like i've experienced it with it myself just playing around with it asking it different questions and like it's pretty spot on and like for the most part and the thing that makes it really compelling and interesting is that it's only gonna get better like the more this it's designed for the more the more that questions that um people ask it, the better it's gonna get because that's how the system and software is designed and um, is designed is that the more that people ask for it and the more information that's put, put into it, the smarter that it becomes and the more trained and trained and trained that the software becomes. So like um, Microsoft is one of the investors and I believe they just made an investment of $10 billion into OpenAI. OpenAI is again the company that um, created ChatGPT, and OpenAI is valued at 29 billion right now. So um, obviously Microsoft sees you know you know this OpenAI and just AI intelli artificial intelligence as the future, especially ChatGPT. ChatGPT. If you haven't used it, I would really recommend just playing around with it. Like there's so many different avenues that you know could potentially. Um, be implemented like companies I could just think of you know the possibilities of companies just want to um, implement AI and you know potentially you know chat, chat GPT and some maybe they offer I know they offer some subscriptions and sub services but if they create you know you know a service in which companies are able to use certain AI features and and you know create a subscription service and companies begin to implement AI into their, you know, um, into, into their business to, you know, just quicken everything, make everything more quick and easier than, you know, AI is, could really 
be the feature, is the feature. It's really here. So you guys should really, you know, just, again, go play with it, um, see what it's about. But um, why people, why I guess people think it's trouble for Google is because it's really a search engine. Like the more developed that it's going, it's going to become more developed and more trained and better. So the more, the better and better that it becomes, like it could really rival like Google. Like you would never, you would never think, see the day where you think Google would have a rival in terms of just search engines. Like, you know, anytime where you're on the internet, like, oh, Google, like whatever, it's, it's been me out my answer or what I'm looking for. But chat GPT is something that, you know, we should all keep our eye on because it's just getting better and better and better. Um, some of the uh, OpenAI's image generating tools have already been integ uh, integrated with various Microsoft products. Um, potentially a precedent for powering search answers of technology based on large language models, software trained on huge text databases. So again, what I was talking about earlier is just that Microsoft sees the future. Microsoft wants OpenAI and ChatGPT to be a part of its future products. And you know, it's only going to get better. So. Definitely keep your eye on ChatGPT and artificial intelligence. Apple CEO Tim Cook to take a 40% pay cut this year. Um, again, I really, really don't know what compelled him to take the pay cut. You know, Apple still is having, doing great relatively. Um, I guess the board committee on, exec on executive compensation took into consideration shareholder feedback as well as a recommendation from Mr. Cook in making the adjustment. Uh, Mr. Cook's compensation for 2023 will be 49 million, the company said in a Thursday filing, which is 40% lower than his target compensation for 2022. I mean, he's still making money. Like at the end of the day, uh, he's still making money. <laughs> like that, we're not, you know, too concerned about how much Tim Cook is making. Um, again, I guess the, the reason for the changes is because they're responsive to shareholder feedback while continuing both to align with pay with performance and recognize Tim Cook's outstanding leadership. He is, Tim Cook does really, to me, set the standard for leadership, corporate leadership. Apple is one of those companies that is always, to, to every single margin, makes calculated decisions. Like Apple is that company. They're always making calculated decisions when it to um, invest and go into a certain market or into a certain sector and you know develop products. Apple is that company and um, you know that would be my one recommendation Apple because their leadership is just outstanding. You look at if you look at their financials, their records, everything is down to a T. Apple is that company. Apple is that company. Their sales are up eight percent compared to a year earlier at around 90 billion, a record for that quarter, which exactly. Apple's business has proven itself resilient as broader economic changes drag down many of its technology peers. The company's total revenue, iPhone sales, and net income also passed analyst estimates for the quarter. Apple is that company. Like, I'm just gonna keep saying it. Apple is that company. Like, think about the products that we used on the daily, the iPhone, the iPad, AirPods, um, MacBooks, uh, whatever, uh, the App Store, like Apple, Apple is that company, like it is that company and they're going to continue to be that company because they're going to 
continue to look to expand into different sectors, whether it's eventually producing their own EV, electronic vehicle, or maybe, you know, they, they have, you know, obviously Apple Music and um, Apple TV, so they're already trying to, in, in the music industry and the entertainment industry, and they're going to grow Apple TV even more. So, um, Apple shares are trading, have been trading down about 24% over the past 12 months, while the tech-heavy Nasdaq is down 27%. Again, it was just a tough year for um, tech in, in general. Apple was just one of the most resilient um, ones. So, stay if you're invested in Apple, stay 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 true because they're they're that. Company. And to continue about Apple, they're looking to really become more self-sufficient. They're about to produce their own um, Broadcom chip, um, which is used in Bluetooth. It's for Wi-Fi and Bluetooth chips, which would make Broadcoms unnecessary in iPhones and other Apple mobile devices. So I think the chip is for, it's for Wi-Fi and Bluetooth chips. Um, Broadcoms, I guess it's the company that currently produces it for the iPhone. So um, Apple is planning to produce their own chip by the end of 2024 or early 2025. Um, which just shows, you know, Apple's always thinking of that. They're always thinking of how they could, you know, cut costs and becoming and becoming more self-sufficient in which with, in where they don't have to rely on other companies producing um, some of the, you know, supplies and materials that they need to, to make their um to really to make their um products so um apple is just you know continuing to um you know push push it forward and set the standard for companies apple i know it's a lot of apple there's a lot of good apple news in the in, in the in the market this week so bear with me we will talk about other companies as well but you know apple you know there's a lot of good apple news so they're looking to make their MacBooks touchscreen and by 2025. They could potentially roll out touchscreen Macs. Um, you know, the rollout is still, you know, being, you know, planned out and and whatnot. Um, I think what has, you know, searched this, um, you know, idea from Apple is the fact that touchscreen, like computers have become more popular and they've also um, seen that, you know, them, their MacBooks have been sung more than iPads. So I'm not sure if they're ever going to discontinue the iPad line, but you know, when you really think about it, if they're going to make MacBooks touchscreen, then why would you need an iPad? It's just, you know, just something to think about. But they are looking to um, make their MacBooks touchscreen by 2025. Um, so that is very interesting. Again, I'm all Apple. I have an iPad, I have AirPods, you know, iPhone, uh, you know, the whole nine, you feel me? Like Apple, you know, call me a fanboy if you want, but you know, Apple is, you know, what I like or what I prefer. I'm sorry, you know, Android users. Tesla has cut prices across their models sold in the US. Now, Tesla had previously cut um, prices over in China. Um, so the reason for doing this is that the EV space, the electronic vehicle space is becoming more and more competitive. Um, there's a lot more competitors in the EV space now and there will be more competitors. So um, Tesla has you know, seen that. It was also a tough year for just 
the electronic um, space or car space in general, just due to higher interest rates, make cars more expensive um, the past year. Um, but in terms of Tesla, they've cut and slashed the baseline Model Y price by almost 20% to $52,990, not including certain fees. They've cut the Model 3 sedan price to now $53,990. And um, I believe they also cut the, I'm not sure if they cut the Model X and the Model S version. Um, those are, it's, you know, the luxury vehicles, the higher price vehicles. Um, but I guess Tesla is doing that because it's, by cutting the price points, it will come in, the new price points for these vehicles, the Model Y and the Model 3, um, will, the new price points will fall into a certain threshold, which will allow buyers to qualify for a $7,500 federal tax credit. Now, the federal, um, the government's already trying to push us towards EVs, so they're offering a $7,500 federal tax credit. Um, but yeah, so Tesla, you know, it's just, a great it's a good to great company I would say in my opinion it's just that the EV space is becoming more competitive there's a lot more options for buyers now and Tesla hasn't really you know been mo like modifying their vehicles to that extent so you know they're really going to have to figure out how they could improve you know I guess the quality of some of their vehicles or um Know, make it more luxurious for um you know their buyers and really just regain that intrigue for certain models so one of tesla's competitors is is rivian i've been seeing these cars a lot more recently on the streets in new york city um i guess some of their executives have departed the electronical the, the ev startup recently um they missed a milestone last year of manufacturing 25 and and uh, manufacturing 25,000 vehicles narrowly. They said they were about 700, 700 vehicles short due in part to you know supply strengths and getting parts. Um, their stock also tumbled since its blockbuster initial public IPO offering in November, 2021. Um, they've been expanding recently, but you know, they're just trying to, in my, opinion they're trying to you know just perfect their um their you know their selling and their model and just like their their structure right now so even though several top you know executives departed i guess they'll be in they're quickly looking to uh, um fix that and resolve that and you know place the people who they think will be able to help them reach a new heights so that it is one of um tesla's um competitors so HBO Max has lift prices of ad-free viewing. So they've raised prices of their HBO Max um, to another dollar, $15.99. HBO Max is expensive. I was already, I have it myself. It's because, you know, I love Game of Thrones. I love, you know, um, Sopranos. I love, you know, um, all the movies, you know, the access that they have, you know, the limited access that they have to their shows. Um, but you know, another dollar raise, like, uh, it's just, it's tough. It's tough. It's tough. But um, consumers right now are they're basically fighting these these 
Streaming services are fighting for our, the consumer purchasing power. They're fighting to obtain our power or to obtain, to obtain our dollar. And raising it, I guess all streaming services have been raising it by a dollar so, or by a couple dollars. And, you know, it's just making it tougher and tougher for on, you know, uh, us consumers because there's only so much that we're willing to spend. There's only so many services that we're willing to, um, you know, obtain. And there's only, a, you know, a certain amount of money that we're looking to put into streaming service. You know, we have other bills and responsibilities and obligations that we have to pay. So, um, yeah, it's, it's tough. Um, YouTube. I don't know why it's not showing the title, but YouTube is looking to create and add a a streaming service of its own. So they've been they've been reaching out to entertainment services um, and entertainment channels um, recently, looking to potentially start a streaming service in which they have you know executive rights and to um, certain um, shows and movies. So they're looking to push that forward um, in the coming year as well. So look out for a YouTube streaming service. Oh, it's right here. <laughs> But yeah, uh, like I said, it could uh, launch more broadly later in the year. Um, again, tech companies' effort could rival Roku and Fox in fast-growing area of streaming business. Again, the streaming business is something that's really picking up. Has really been picking up over the past couple of years. Companies are really trying to see how much they could get away with charging us consumers and. Um, and really being able to, you know, try to make as much profits as possible. So it's getting harder and harder for us to really be able to decipher. But yeah, it's just becoming much more harder for us to be able to decipher which streaming services that we want to choose. I mean, there's so many options like Apple, uh, Netflix, HBO, Paramount, Discover, there's a plethora of different options and it's just becoming harder and harder for us to choose which one we want to choose. NFL brand power hits new height of $2.7 billion haul. So basically the NFL was able to secure a record $2.7 billion in sponsorship revenue in the 20, from the 2022-2023 season. 30, the league's 32 teams combined for $2.5 billion of the sponsor deals. Um, with the remaining um, 650 being secured by the league on a corporate on a corporate basis, so um, sponsorships. You know, think about all the ads that you see during the NFL games, or um, when you're um, in the arena at a stadium, you see all those ads. Like those companies who are placing those ads within the stadium, or um, during you know the during the uh, during the commercial windows of NFL games, like. Those are all, you know, being, they're paying a pretty penny because they know that NFL games receive such high viewership that it's almost worth it for them to spend that pretty penny to be able to put their product in front of um, that many people. So it's a win-win for um, the NFL and the businesses. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars topped off all teams on at least 170 deals, which 170 deals followed by the Dallas Cowboys 140. 
it's kind of surprising in the Buffalo Bills 135. I would think the Dallas Cowboys would lead in terms of deals because they're America's team, um, supposedly. Um, go Giants. I hate the Cowboys. Hopefully, by the time you guys see this video, the Giants have won and defeated the Minnesota Vikings in Minnesota on um, Sunday. But um, And the Cowboys hope, hopefully lose on Monday night. Um, but, you know, uh, that's just my bias. I'm a Giants fan. Great season. Um, but, you know, that's an, I would just think the Cowboys would, you know, lead because they're America's team. Um, but, yeah, the NFL is just continuing to show their, you know, supremacy in terms of sport leagues. Like, they're the, um, you know, the leader in the market and where most companies will look to place their products in front of them. Kobe Bryant, rest in peace to the Black Mamba. His Laker jersey could fetch a record million of $7 million at um, Southbot. So a Los Angeles Lakers jersey regularly worn and signed by Kobe Bryant will be auctioned next month for a high estimate of $7 million, making it the most valuable Bryant jersey to appear on the open market. The late basketball star wore the gold jersey on Lakers Media Day on October 1st, 2007 throughout the NBA Western Conference Finals on May 9th, 2008. During the 2007 season, he scored 645 points in that same jersey. That was the season he won his MVP that year. Um, the jersey will be sold at self buys online from February 2nd to the 9th, with bidding starting at $5 million. It will be a public exhibition from February 1st to 7th in self by New York's galleries. The current record for any item of Kobe Bryant's sports memorabilia is a game worn and autographed jersey from his 1996 to 97 season. It sold for $3.7 million in 2021. Bryant spent his 20-year professional career with the Lakers. He appeared in 18 All-Star games, won two Finals MVPs, two gold, two gold medals, and uh, two gold medals, 2008 and 2012 Olympic teams. Rest in peace to one of the greatest basketball players of all time, Kobe Bean Bryant. Your legacy will live on forever and forever and forever. The Black Mamba, top 10 greatest basketball player, top five is concerned people's eyes. Just an absolute legend on and off the court, stand-up person, stand-up individual, more than a great basketball player, really was, you know, someone people could really look up to and always, you know, again, the, the motto of always striving higher. Mr. Bryant definitely did that throughout his career and throughout his life. Um, rest in peace to the Black Mamba. Um, always will live on. Um, but that wraps up money making markets the first episode the premiere of money making markets i hope i was able to provide you guys with a lot of a ton of great information keep you guys interested i hope i was able to keep you guys interested with a bunch of different stories um in the future you guys could expect for me to always you know mix it up i want to also touch on entertainment sports um, you know, the business side, you know, the investing side, the entrepreneurial side of, you know, those industries, try to keep it as entertaining as possible, as well as giving you guys a thorough and solid um, understanding of, you know, what's happening in the stock market, the financial world, business and investing, what, you know, companies, the top companies, the best companies, the top executives, corporate executive CEOs, what they're all doing. So you guys can model, you know, your future goals, your future businesses, your future entrepreneurs entrepreneurial ventures and try to take bits and pieces and um, really just learn to see you know how they conduct themselves and how they're operating to achieve you know 
I'm on great amounts of success. So thank you. Thank you guys for viewing the show, tuning in, giving me a chance. I hopefully um, you guys will stick with me throughout this journey. Remember, Money Making Markets is every Monday. An episode will be released to my channel, Always Strive Higher, 7 p.m. Eastern. Um, also, the podcast, if you can't watch it from YouTube, will be available on Apple, Google, and Spotify. Um, yeah, every week, Mondays, 7 p.m. Eastern. Hopefully, I'll be able to bring you guys interviews um, with a ton of great guests soon so you guys can take inspiration and learn about other people's journeys and success. Always strive higher. Always try to achieve your greatest, your greatest, and maximize your talents and your abilities to the greatest level possible. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you guys for really um, taking the time out of your day to listen to me. And you know, always strive higher. It's simple. Thank you guys. Peace.